Welcome to Be Brave at Work, a podcast devoted to helping you take the next step in your workplace. Each week, we'll be talking with real people with real stories about things they have not said or done or have said or done in their workplace that required bravery. Let's get started. Hi, everyone. This is Ed Everts, and I'm the founder and president of Excellius Leadership Development. Welcome to Be Brave at Work, a podcast devoted to helping you take the next step in your workplace. I hope you'll listen to our past podcast conversations, and if you'd like to hear past episodes, go to BeBraveAtWork.com, subscribe to our podcasts, and learn some valuable lessons about bravery at work. My new book, Drive Your Career, Nine High-Impact Ways to Take Responsibility for Your Success, is now available in paperback, on Kindle, and in audio at Amazon.com, BarnesandNoble.com, and any online book retailer you prefer. Check out Drive Your Career today. Our podcast today is sponsored by Cabot Risk Strategies. Based in Woburn, Massachusetts, Cabot Risk Strategies has created innovative and customized insurance strategies for individuals and families, businesses, nonprofits, commercial real estate, and public entities. Cabot's client base continues to expand both within the region and within the markets they serve. And if you are looking for customized insurance services and solutions, contact Cabot at 800-222-5963 or visit them for more information at cabotrisk.com. I'm really excited to introduce our guest today on the Be Brave at Work podcast. Danae Shell is the co-founder and CEO of Vala, a startup who are making legal support accessible and affordable for everyone. Danae is a developer turned marketer and a Tennessean who has worked in Scotland's startup scene for over 17 years. So yes, she is both person who lived in Tennessee and in Scotland, so I'm anxious to talk with her about that. Danae has extensive startup scale-up experience, joining as an early employee in Scottish startups free agent and care sourcer, and helped to build and scale their marketing teams. She's a passionate about building inclusive, kind companies that support high-performing teams. So we are so thrilled, Danae, to have you as a guest on Be Brave at Work today. Thank you so much for having me, Ed. I appreciate it. So tell us a little bit about your background, maybe more than what I just shared. I think our listeners would love to hear it from you versus just me. Uh, You know, what brought you to what you do today and how do you currently interact in the marketplace? Absolutely. So, um, yes, as you saw there, I'm originally from the States. I'm from Tennessee. And sometimes I like to joke that I clawed my way out of Tennessee (laughs) and uh, came over to Scotland to do my master's and then ended up staying and I ended up working as a developer on a lot of e-government platforms. I got really interested in that intersection of government and technology and then got poached away to a financial services company and somehow found my way as I was going through my career into marketing by way of blogging. Um, I'm old enough that I was around when Google launched their first AdSense platform and people could start getting paid to blog. And I tried that out with a blog about lingerie and about bra sizing, which was probably the first kind of blog about lingerie and bra sizing in it. And I I built it to this like, um, it was like a little juggernaut. I was number one for the word knickers for five years solid on Google. Congratulations. I didn't know we had a uh, award-winning blogger with us. <laughs> Who knew indeed. And yeah, it taught me a lot about digital marketing. So then I somehow became a digital marketer as the web was growing up. And as you said in my bio, you know, I've done a lot of scale-ups in marketing and done a lot of really interesting stuff. And yeah, I ended up meeting my co-founder Kate at one of those startups. And we stayed friends after we had worked together. And we found as we became 
more senior in our roles as women, especially for her, she's from Hong Kong as well. We became more rare. You know, often we were the only woman in the room. And we also started to see a lot of issues at work, not just ourselves, but other people would come to us looking for advocacy or support. And we often didn't know what to do. And these were some heartbreaking scenarios as well. And it took like a few goes round where we kept seeing the same stories repeating over and over. And to be honest, we just got so mad about it that we decided to start a company and started to dig into, you know, why is this a problem? Why can't people seem to be able to represent themselves to fight back against discrimination at work, harassment at work, things like that? And that's what I do now. I'm the CEO of Vala, where we essentially help people fight back if they can't afford a traditional law firm, because most people can't afford a traditional law firm. So we help people represent themselves through difficult situations. And we're starting with employment law. Fantastic. Well, it sounds like an honorable exercise. And, you know, most of the guests that we have had on Be Brave at Work talk about bravery as it pertains to a colleague or a peer or a team not so much, and this may be the first conversation that we've had where it might require bravery. I don't want to put words into your mouth, but based on my historical experience in corporations, I think it does require bravery to take on your own company, right? Kind of flip the screen and say, it's not a colleague I have an issue with or a peer, and it might be, but it's the company and how the company is handling the situation or handling me that requires bravery to do something. We hear story after story and I'd love to hear your reflections of people who walk away from experiences or situations without doing something about it when they should have done something really not only to help themselves, but also others who might be subjected to the same type of behavior in the future. Yeah, that's absolutely it. We've heard story after story. And I think the key thing here, Ed, is it's all about the choice. So what breaks my heart is when a person feels like they have to go. They have no other choice but to just walk away. They have no choice to fight back. They don't feel as if they have any ability to do it. So they leave. Now, it might be the best option for them to walk away and not fight back because of, you know, whatever circumstances that they're in. But that's so often not the case for people. They often just don't know that they have the choice to do something else. And so a lot of what we do in, you know, our marketing and the content that we produce and some of the early stages of our platform is to educate people about what options and choices that they have so they they can make that informed decision. Do I fight or do I go? And I'm very passionate about people having those options. Well, I do believe that life is about choices. And so this sounds like an interesting choice that somebody, unfortunately, would have to make (laughs) on anyone that they need to take on their organization. But it's an unfortunate choice that people have to make now and again. But you observed earlier that this is not a choice that a lot of people know that they have, that people out there may not realize that they can do something about what they have experienced. It just sounds in 2022 that that's impossible, that people between TV shows and movies and news clips, that people don't know that they can sue their own employer or take on an issue at work. And because they don't think that, walk away when, in fact, they could have done something about it. Yeah, no, it surprises me as well. And I think part of that might be because I have more of an international view of it, because Vala has launched first in the UK. We're coming next to the US. And I think it's amazing how, as an American, I interact with a lot of British people who don't have that instinct that we have, which is essentially like, I'm pretty sure this is violating my rights. <laughs> so they don't have that first instinct like we do. And so that's the hurdle 
people have to overcome in the UK. Then there's a hurdle that both the UK and the US people have to overcome, which is, I can't afford to do anything about this. It'll probably fail. It's a David and Goliath situation. And that is universally a problem, whether or not you think your rights have been violated or not. And that's often just not the case. There are ways that you can actually support yourself through a situation like this, that you can actually take on Goliath. That's what we're all about, taking on Goliath. (laughs) Well, two quick observations. One, if you're coming to the US, I hope you're ready to scale up. Because there are many, many, many workplace issues in the United States that need to stop. And then there's also this realization that people have, you know, in my mind, I think people should know that they can do something about it so that they can either navigate the legal system on their own or hire an attorney. I can see, though, that cost or time might be a legitimate obstacle, right? Hey, I know I can take on my employer, but I don't have time to wait or I can't afford it. And not that this is meant to be a marketing moment for your organization, but it sounds like you're attempting to navigate either cost or time in providing this in a more reasonable fashion for average everyday people. That's exactly it. And the big insight that we had as non-lawyers coming into this legal space was we looked at what law firms actually provide and what people actually need. Like we've conducted hundreds of interviews now, and we realized that a lot of the support that people need isn't just legal. To resolve an issue like this, you need three pillars of support. You need the legal support, you know, like, was that illegal? What leverage do I have, et cetera? But then there's also a lot of organizational support that, you know, a full service law firm will provide. They chase down things, they produce documents for you, they collect evidence. And then there's also a massive emotional support need that some law firms do reasonably well, but most lawyers aren't, you know, I've had many lawyers say to me, sometimes I feel more like a therapist than a lawyer, but I wasn't trained for that. <laughs> and so we focus on all three of those pillars and helping people move through all of that themselves with that support underneath them from our platform. And so that might look like getting the document that you need generated from the platform, or it could be actually getting some coaching through um, the Valid platform to actually just help you kind of emotionally process what happened to you. Or it could be as simple as just forwarding in all of your evidence and getting it all into a tidy format so that you're then able to kind of make sense of what happened so that you can then decide what to do next. It's a complex thing. So yeah, we spent about two years making sure that it actually was built to actually help people. And the goal of the system, it sounds as though it's designed to help people represent themselves. Exactly that. Exactly that. Right. right. Well, many years ago, I used to work at a retailer in Boston called Filene's, which is no longer around. And I was the manager of employee relations. And I used to handle legal complaints against the company by employees. And we oftentimes had a complaint filed at the Massachusetts Commission Against Discrimination, otherwise known as the MCAD, for some type of complaint based on age or gender or race. And, you know, the key variable that the complainant needed to demonstrate is that the company, Filene's, knew what they did and knew what they did was wrong, right? So there was this important that you had to show that they knew what they did was wrong, but they did it anyway. Mm -hmm. And if you could prove that, your likelihood for winning was significantly greater than someone who could prove it was wrong, but couldn't prove that we knew it was wrong, right? Yes. So that's where I think some of this bravery at work comes in. 
Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, a lot of what we do is we try and help people understand the legal tests that they need to meet so that they can then tailor their evidence towards that. I think often people need to work through that first emotional reaction to then be able to then think like a lawyer and get to that second, okay, what are the tests I need to pass to make sure that I can actually hold them to account for what happened? I know this may not be a component of your platform, but based on your experience, you know, I believe it takes bravery to do something this either visible or noticeable publicly to take on an employer. Do you deal with people who are struggling because they may not feel they have the bravery mm. to do something that they can't handle or process the bravery that they need in order to do something about it? Does that come up at all? What has been your experience in that area? Oh, absolutely. And we speak to so many people in the early stages of a situation. So in our research, we separate out the situation that people go through into three stages. The first one we call the, is this legal stage? Because they're asking that question, right? They're like, is that legal? Yeah, yeah. I, I love it. I love it. Great place to start. Is this okay? Right? Is yeah. this right? Exactly. Yeah. And we identified that there were two key things that people needed at that first stage. One, they needed help with labeling the problem. So what is the legal term for what's happening to me? What is the term for what's happening to me? And I'll give you an example. I was bullied for a year at one of my workplaces without knowing that I was being bullied. I just knew that it was very subtle. And I just knew that like when a meeting invitation went into my calendar from a particular person, my heart would race, or I would feel sick before I had to meet with them the next day and things like that. They seemed to nitpick at me more than other people, or they wouldn't engage with me in the hallway or things like that. Once I labeled that problem, I could then do something about it. I could raise a complaint. I could talk to my manager, you know, all that kind of stuff. But until I labeled it, I was pretty powerless. I was second guessing myself. And it's very hard to be brave in a situation like that. So people need to have it labeled and then they need validation. They need someone external to say, wow, that's really wrong. That's not cool what they're doing to you. <laughs> and often if they get that validation, that helps them move out of that first stage and into the second stage, which is the what are my options? And then that's often where people make the complaints. They try and resolve it internally before they kind of go into the third stage, which we call the get justice stage. So often things are resolved in that middle stage when they just raise it informally their manager takes it seriously, everything gets resolved. And we can support people through that stage as well as, you know, the nuclear option. And we think what adds to their bravery in that middle stage is if they know that they can go to court if they need to. They're not afraid of that option. They're saying to their employer, look, I know my rights. I know how I would do this. I'm following it by the book. So you're going to be seeing me doing all the paperwork right and everything else, preparing my case so that if I do have to take you to court, everything is going to look ship shape and I can take you to court if I need to. So you should probably just settle with me or resolve this issue for me so you don't have to spend the legal fees. And that adds so much courage. You know, that gives you the power, the leverage that you need to actually be able to do that really scary thing of standing up to them. And we see people struggling with this all the time, especially if you come from a marginalized background. You know, if you are not a straight white person and you're sticking your head above the parapet and you're asking for something to change or you're raising an issue, you're making yourself even more vulnerable. So that takes even more strength. So that's really what we're about. We're kind of about like giving them all that power and that courage so that they're able to take that big, brave step. Well, there's also a feeling that you can embrace post-event, post-lawsuit, where you prevail 
And I think oftentimes, not always, but oftentimes individuals want the organization that they're filing the complaint against to apologize, right? Sometimes they say, look, I'm not looking for money. I'm not looking for anything. I just want to hear you acknowledge what you did was wrong and apologize to me. I'm not suggesting that's the answer that you suggest to your clients, but you know, what different people want is different. Absolutely. We find that people generally fall into two camps. There is the, it's not about the money camp, who are often in it for the principle. They want the organization to be held to account. They want them to answer for what they did. And then there's the people where it is about the money. And often for those people, it's about okay, you have destroyed my mental health to the point that I'm not going to be able to work for a while, or I don't know how long it's going to take for me to get a similar kind of job. So I essentially need like three months, six months salary to be covered so that I have time to heal. I have time to actually put myself back together before I have to go back out into the world after you know this ongoing bullying campaign that happened to me or whatever it is. Well, look, I think in the U.S., I believe that anyone can sue anyone at any time. I'm just curious for our listeners, is law in Scotland different, right? So is it harder to sue an employer? Is it more complex? Is it impossible? I mean, just very quickly or generally, what are the big differences between the United Kingdom, where you started, and other countries that you might want to start venturing into? Yeah, great question. So in the UK, it's very easy to take your employer to tribunal. It's okay. free. You don't pay any costs to do it. The tribunal is actually set up in a way that you don't have to have a lawyer to do it. The assumption is that you won't have a lawyer. And so they've designed the systems, the judges are all there, assuming that they'll have to kind of explain the process as it goes to you as someone who's self-representing. Often people do have lawyers and that does benefit them. And we think that's unfair. So we want to make sure that if people are representing themselves, they get a fair shake as well. And you know they're supported through that process. One big difference between employment law in the UK and the US is that in the UK, if you win your case, you don't get to claim back your legal fees from the employer, whereas in the US you do. So that limits the options of people in the UK because they don't get no win, no fee kind of lawyers. They don't get contingency work. Whereas in the US, it's still a difficult situation, but at least you have that option. In the US, the next complexity is, can I explain my situation to a lawyer well enough that they think it has a credible enough chance of winning that they'd be willing to take on my case? But in the UK, they don't even have that option. So yeah, there's some dynamics that are different between the two. And obviously, the rights are slightly different as well. There's very robust rights against discrimination, especially in the UK, but also in the States. So yeah, there's definitely options for both groups. Well, I have loved our conversation today. And I think this is actually the first podcast recording we have done where we have talked about an area of bravery, which we probably should talk about more, but don't, which is what it takes from a bravery perspective to take on your own employer, right? We typically spend time talking about bosses or peers or teams or subordinates, you know, kind of the down and the up a little bit and down, but not way up, which is the big, big company. So Danae, thank you so much for your time today and for your insights and observations on the great work that you're doing. How can folks reach you or contact you to find out more information about the work you're providing? Thank you so much, Ed. So if someone is in the UK, they can go to vala.uk. That's V-A-L-L-A dot UK. And for everybody else, like your American listeners, go to vala.law. As I said, we're not yet operating in the States, but we are operating a waitlist and we're super curious and keen to hear 
what people are looking for from us, especially in the States. So please do go and check it out and let us know what you're looking for. Well, again, I do not have a crystal ball, but I think once you open up for business in the U.S., you should be getting plenty of waitlist candidates for looking for help because, yeah, it's just a highly active marketplace. And again, we just kind of have this culture that it's okay to sue for anything. I've seen lawsuits that are in some cases ridiculous, but they're allowed to pursue up to a certain point, right? A judge might toss the case because he doesn't feel it has a legal standing, but anybody can sue for anything. So Danae, thank you again so much for your time today on Be Brave at Work. Thank you, Ed. And to our listeners, thank you for joining us today. And we hope you join us on our next podcast conversation as we further explore being brave at work. We also remind you to subscribe to our podcast at bebraveatwork.com and or download and listen to our podcast on multiple online platforms. We are everywhere. Our podcast today was sponsored by Cabot Risk Strategies, whom you can reach at 800-222-5963 or visit them for more information at cabotrisk.com. And a reminder to check out my new book, Drive Your Career, Nine High Impact Ways to Take Responsibility for Your Own Success, which is available in paperback, on Kindle, and in audio everywhere online. Do you have something to say, yet are not saying it? Do you have something to do, yet are not doing it? Now is the time to be brave at work. Have a great week.